This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello, we are here for More Happier, a podcast where we get more happier. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Gretch. Today, we'll talk about Elizabeth's moment of obliger rebellion, and we'll discuss some interesting insights and research into the nature of spoilers. But Elizabeth, first, something making us more happier. What's something making you more happier? Well, Gretch, what's making me more happier is how many wonderful listeners are writing in to give me advice about getting Jack up in the morning. (laughs) So my son, Jack, is 13, and I had asked listeners when we were talking about morning routines on uh, Happier, what people thought about should kids be getting themselves up at 13 with an alarm and getting dressed and all that on their own because I get him up every morning and I have to kind of stand over the bed and, and, you know, (laughs) yell. Throw a a bucket Uh, of cold water in his face. (laughs) So we have been getting a lot of response, which has been really helpful. A lot of different opinions, a lot of insights that have been really interesting. And I'm happy to say not judgmental. I thought we might might get some judgment, but everybody has just been very helpful. So I think we're going to talk about the details in an upcoming episode of Happier. Yeah, they're still coming in. Yeah. Still coming in. And it's just nice how the people are taking time to write to me about this. So I thank you, everybody. I'm reading them all. I'm reading them aloud to Adam as well, my husband. What about to Jack? And I read one to Jack. Uh He very much wants me to get him up. So he had an argument against it. He likes the personal touch? He just, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but he doesn't want, I mean, look, if he wanted to do it on his own, he'd be doing it on his own, right? It's only a conversation because yeah. he doesn't want to do it. Those who want to will just do it. Right, right. But, you know, it's not his decision, obviously. Ultimately, 
if I don't go in there and wake him up, he's going to have to do it on his own. Well, we'll talk about this more when we get there. But one thing that is occurring to me that I hadn't thought about before until you just said this, and this is something that a lot of the listener answers have pointed out, is that, do you remember how a while back, I know several months ago, we talked about when you try to shift responsibility in a decision to someone else, like, when should I leave for the airport? Because you just don't want the hassle of figuring it out. And so if somebody else does it, then they have the responsibility. And I wonder if that's part of it. It's like, there is a lot of load about like, how much time do I have? Am I running late? Have I been dawdling? Do I need to now rush? Is it a problem that I can't find this or that? Maybe what's going on is partly is that. It's just the pacing of it. I don't know. It's like pre-decision fatigue. No, right. Exactly. Exactly. I know this because one thing I really do not like to do is decide how much time do I need to leave to get to the airport? Because in in New York City, this is a multi-factor thing that you have to really, really think it through. And I really one time screwed up really, really badly and did the whole heart-pounding race to the airport thing. So I know what it feels like to not to want to have to deal with when do we need to leave. Yes. And of course, Gretchen, one could argue, though, that the very fact that that's such an issue in life is all the more reason why a 13-year-old should start to learn that executive functioning skill. Yes. And many listeners... Yeah, you're going to have a job well, interview someday yeah, and you're yeah. going to have to figure out when yeah. to leave for the job interview. Yeah, so yeah. so we'll get into we'll it. We'll get into but it. I just hadn't thought about that, yes. about the kind of offloading of the, the decision making. Yeah, the decision making. Well, I yeah. don't like it either. I don't like having to figure no. out when the dead moment he needs to be out of bed yeah. is because then I feel bad. So it's an ongoing situation. Well, And one thing, and this isn't related to the getting up thing, but just in terms of the morning routine thing. When I was with Eliza and Eleanor, one of the things I did is had extremely specific markers. Like, we are supposed to be eating breakfast by, like, I don't even remember what time it was, 7.33. We have to walk out the door at 8.02 or whatever it was. Yeah. Because to me, it was easier than being like, are we in the zone? Yes. I had an exact time, which weirdly I thought might make me feel more anxious, but it actually made me feel less anxious. Once I figured out, I'm not just guesstimating how much time. I actually have taken a few trips and actually timed it. Yes. And that goes to Gretchen something on an episode, I mean, a long time ago. I remember we talked about the notion of timing yourself. Yes. Yes. When you brush your teeth. Well, brushing teeth is supposed to be two minutes, but actually timing how long does it take to put on your makeup? How long does it take to make your coffee? Yes. So that you actually know rather than just having this notion. Yeah. Like I need 45 minutes to take a shower and get ready. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. That is, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we're going to talk more about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's making me more happier. Gretch, what's making you more happier? Well, this is something, you know, it's like the dog that doesn't bark, and it's very hard to remember to be grateful for problems that you don't have. And Elizabeth, a couple weeks ago, was I in Kansas City? I don't know. Something happened, and we had audio delay in our recording. And it was a bit of a hassle. It wasn't a big delay. And so we got through it fine. But what it made me realize is that, you know, lately, I mean, the last three, four or five years, we haven't really had audio delay. But when we started, it was a huge issue. Do you remember how much time we would spend and what a challenge it was to manage the delay and not be talking over each other or have these long gaps? It was such a nuisance. Yes, it really um, hurts the flow when you have an audio delay. And it is wonderful that we haven't had that problem. Sarah and I still occasionally do. And I can tell you it is 
not fun. Now, do you do the thing with Sarah that we do, like when I go one, two, three, and you yes. go four, five, six? Yes, yes. That's how we test. Here's hoping that we will continue not yes. to have delays. Well, I'm not superstitious, but sometimes it feels unlucky to say I that know. you're not superstitious. <laughs> I feel I like know. famous last words. So let's just hope I didn't break our streak of audio pleasantry. Gretch, one time we interviewed someone who was way out in the country and there was yeah. a, a, like a five second delay. Yeah. And that I still remember as yeah. the hardest yes. podcast recording we've ever done. Yeah, because between the two of us, we know the other person's natural rhythm, but with her, we had no yes. idea what her... And she seemed like a very reticent person, so it's sort of like, <laughs> is this just her taking her time and gathering her thoughts, yes. or like, are we... Yeah. Oh, I remember. I know exactly what interview, yes. and we're not going to say in case anybody. And was, luckily, Chuck in the edit made everybody yeah. sound yeah, like fine. the conversation was flowing, but it yeah. was not easy. Yeah, in the moment, that's true. So anyway, I'm happier that that is a much much rarer occurrence these days. Yes. All right, coming up, Gretch, you have something you've been meaning to tell me about my own obliger rebellion. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, listen, this is something that I wanted to talk to you about. I was listening to Happier in Hollywood, episode 329, and you mentioned, you told a little story about something that you did, and my ears perked up. I stopped in my tracks to like rewind and listen because it was about obliger rebellion. So you are an obliger. Yes. And some obligers experience a lot of obliger rebellion and others don't experience that much. So it's usually obligers who tip to upholder, which is what you are, that do not have so much obliger rebellion. And I could only, in all of my thinking and studying of obliger rebellion, there were only a couple of instances where you and I could think of times that you had evinced obliger rebellion. But on that episode, episode 329, you said something and I was like, ding, 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 Obliger Rebellion. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So we were in Carmel, Jack and Adam and the dogs and me. And I was talking to Sarah about how I did something that I had never done in my entire life which is I went into a chocolate store and bought myself a box of chocolates. Mm -hmm. You rightly pointed out classic little bit of obliger rebellion. Yes. 
And what makes it a classic of Elijah Rebellion? You're acting out of character. You're under tremendous stress right now because of the strike. Yeah. Last time you were on strike, it went to day 100. You've blown way past day 100. Yeah. Not only is it very stressful, it's very uncertain. There's no time horizon that you can be pacing yourself against. You're also working on that novel, which it's kind of a new challenge, which is exciting. Mm. And you have the atmosphere of growth, but it's also very, very stressful and all that. And then school is starting. Yeah. You've got a lot going on. And that is a time when Obliger Rebellion can start to kick in. And we just talked about Obliger Rebellion in episode 446. We talked about how listeners recognize that they are approaching Obliger Rebellion or in Obliger Rebellion. Because this is something where if you don't know about this pattern, it can feel very, very mysterious. Because Obliger Rebellion is when an Obliger, they're meeting, 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 meeting expectations, and then suddenly they snap and they say, this I will not do. And sometimes it's small and funny. Sometimes it's huge. And it happens when Obligers feel overwhelmed. Expectations are just becoming so burdensome that they feel unmanageable. And that could be because they're being exploited or taken advantage of, or they're being ignored or unheard or like not appreciated. Or as in your case, it's just that circumstances feel overwhelming, but there's really no one to rebel against. Mm, yeah. And that left you rebelling against yourself. Yes. And we got an observation after we recorded that episode from somebody else about this feeling. Yes. Laura said, my tell that I'm in the Obliger Rebellion is emotional eating, which I didn't hear mentioned on the last podcast episode. I clearly hear my inner voice saying, you've put up with this or that, and now you deserve this treat, which has unfortunately led to a weight problem, something I think a lot of Obligers experience when we turn our frustration in on ourselves rather than quitting or acting out. So, I mean, right there, Gretch, that's exactly what I was doing with buying myself the box of chocolates. I'm glad that you recognize it because it is helpful. It's funny, you'd think of all people, I would have been like, oh, here's a little bit of Obliger Rebellion, but it's funny how we don't necessarily yeah. see these things in ourselves. Yeah. I couldn't believe I was doing it, though. Well, I mean, it see, did feel so outrageous. Well, and that is the thing is it often feels out of character. That mm -hmm. is one of the signs of Obliger Rebellion is that you say, I am acting out of character, or people around you will say, where did this come from? And by the way, I eat chips. I eat things I know I shouldn't eat, but it's just different from buying a box of chocolates. Right. There's just something about that particular act that was just out of the norm. And to be clear, it's not necessarily a blaze rebellion. Yes. Someone else could go in and buy a box of chocolates once a week, and that's completely fine. It's just in the context of yes. you and what how I know you behave. I was like, that's what's going on. And turning against the self, Laura mentions emotional eating. That's the form yours took. But it also takes other forms, turn to the self. So this might be somebody who is refusing to do physical therapy. Right. Like, I know that I should do it. I know I'll feel better if I do it. But after the day I've had, you can't make me. I shouldn't have to do it. It's too much. Or I'm not going to go in for my regular checkups. Gretch, here's an example of something I did during the pandemic, which mm. is I stopped wearing my retainers. There you go. Because when you don't wear your retainer for a good couple of months, you can't go back. So that was definite obliger rebellion on my part. Yes, I did that myself, but like a thousand years ago, and I am toothy. <laughs> hey, kids, wear your retainer. Yep. 
my uh, charming gap in my teeth (laughs) back and it's back for good. I've given up. But again, see, that's the thing is it's fine. Like not everybody has to wear their retainer, but it has this special quality when you know what to look for. And that's why I thought it was really interesting to hear from listeners. When you know the special quality of building resentment, building anger, this feeling that I'll show you, but who are you showing? Right. What is this for? Yes. It is really, really helpful to recognize it because because sometimes obliging rebellion is beneficial and can really help, but then sometimes it's not beneficial. But you certainly want it to be purposeful. You never want to do something where you're like, I have no idea why I did that. And you just feel sort of out of control. And so I think it's just good to know it's interesting that you did it not thinking, oh, this is an obliger rebellion thing. Yes. And now what I'm trying to do, and I talked about this on Happier in Hollywood, is counteract that feeling of being out of control with upping how many times I'm doing Fryman this mm-hmm. year. Right. Because I want to have sort of a positive thing yeah. I'm doing. So I talked about on Happier how now I'm doing Fryman 100 yeah. from my friend. Yeah, 50. yeah. huge. So. Double, double your Anyway. So if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, <laughs> you can go to my website, GretchenRubin.com. There's a whole hub about the four tendencies, and you can take the quiz and find out if you're an obliger like Elizabeth or an upholder like me or a questioner or a rebel at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. And again, the episode where we talk about everybody's warning signs for a bludger rebellion, that was episode 446. Okay, Gretch, what is this week's spotlight on a tool? Yes, I have a newsletter, a tips and hacks newsletter. So if you like tips and hacks and try this at home ideas, that sort of thing that we talk about on Happier, you might get a kick out of the tips for happiness and good habits newsletter. It's twice a month. You get practical tips for making our lives happier, healthier, more productive, more creative. It's free. Just go to happiercast.com slash tip newsletter. Just That's just one word. Tips newsletter. I misspoke. Tips newsletter. T-I-P-S newsletter. One word. And you will be signed up and you will get that twice a month. Excellent. Coming up, we're going to talk about spoilers. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, 
therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, Gretchen, we're back. We're talking about quality screen time. And part of quality screen time is not having spoilers. Or Mm -hmm. some people like spoilers. That's the question. So let's talk spoilers. Let's talk spoilers. Okay. So this is this very interesting research, which I will link to if anybody wants to read read it. And what it shows is that, surprisingly, story spoilers don't necessarily spoil stories. And it turns out that while we have this conception that... Spoilers are terrible, and if that is something is spoiled, you're not going to enjoy it as much. It turns out, and and this, I want to hear what you have to say about this, Elizabeth, because it very much rings true for me, is that often spoilers don't spoil stories, and maybe even knowing a spoiler might make me enjoy something more. So, for instance, in a complex story, a lot of times you don't understand what's going on very well until you know the ending. And so if you know the ending, you can sort of be paying attention and understanding things better in a satisfying way as you're watching. Sometimes you're anxious about something and it takes away your enjoyment. But if you know how it turns out, like this is the people that read the last chapters Mm -hmm. because they can't take the tension. And then there's also just this principle that the brain tends to like things more as they become familiar. And so as you become more familiar with something, you might enjoy it more. So sometimes, and for some people, you might enjoy a story more when you know the ending. So Elizabeth, let's get into it. How do you feel about spoilers? Well, I am a person who hates spoilers. Okay. do not want to know what's going to happen. I am the person who makes a point of watching something right when it comes mm-hmm. out so that right. I can avoid spoilers. Mm-hmm. Now, Gretchen, you love rereading. So that yes. to me goes to you or a person who doesn't mind spoilers as much. I think that's probably one reason I don't love rereading and rewatching yes. as oh, much as you do. Of course. Well, that makes perfect sense because like I like Mad Men. I've rewatched some of the episodes. I like it so much better even the second time. Or Game of Thrones. Like it was so hard to understand what was going yes. on the first time. I loved it much more when I watched it the second time. Yes. Now Game of Thrones is an example where I haven't rewatched it yet, but I bet if I did, that is an example where I might like it more because I was so confused and would have complex. to consult <laughs> with people who'd read the books after every episode to have any notion of what yeah. had happened. Like who is this guy with the brown <laughs> yes. hair? Anyway. So yeah. I very well might enjoy that more and should do that, but I will stop you, you know, say, don't tell me if there's yes. a remote chance yes, I'm going to read a book. I'm like, you don't do. tell me because I won't read it if I know what's going to happen. Yes. Now, Sarah, my writing partner, co-host of Happier in Hollywood, she does not mind spoilers. Uh-huh. And it, it just blows my mind. Example of this is she and I saw The Sixth Sense together. Okay. okay. Famous twist. Yes. And, you know, the whole thing ended, my jaw was on the floor. I was right. like, 
oh my gosh, this is the greatest ending yeah. of any movie I've ever seen. I, yeah. I, I'm just reeling. Yes. And I'm like, was it that amazing? And Sarah's like, oh, it was. She goes, but I read the script before we saw it, so I knew how it was going to end. Oh and my gosh. I, uh, because she, at that time in Hollywood, you can often get access to scripts right. before yeah. a movie comes out. And she didn't feel that it hurt her enjoyment of the movie whatsoever. Mm. And so I'll always say to her, can I spoil this? Can I spoil this? What's great about her, though, is I get to talk about all these things because right. she doesn't care if I spoil right. it. Right. So I have that pleasure of right. telling her what happened. Right. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. fun for me. Yeah. Well, on the idea of sometimes knowing how something turns out or knowing the way something's going to go can increase your enjoyment of it. Okay, I'm going to say something now uh, about Breaking Bad, and this is kind of a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear this, like fast forward a minute or something. Okay, so with Breaking Bad, it was just made me so tense about this yes. high school teacher who's making meth, and he was just making so many bad decisions, and it was just incredibly stressful for me, and I was just afraid something terrible, terrible, terrible was going to happen to him because it was just getting more and more and more tense. I said to a friend, like, I just can't watch it. It makes me so tense. And she's like, well, can I tell you kind of a spoiler? I was like, yes, please, because I'm not going to watch the show otherwise. And she said, look— the fun of the show is that he gets into these terrible, terrible situations, and then he he so he outfoxes them. He he somehow wriggles out of it because he thinks of some incredibly smart, sciency move that allows him to escape. And so the pleasure of the show is terrible situation, escape, terrible situation, escape. And it's just like how clever he is. And I was like, oh well, I can then if if I know that every time he's gonna find a way out, then I can enjoy it because I'm not so tense. I was afraid that something right. terrible, terrible, terrible was going to happen at any minute. And it was just, it was just too stressful. I couldn't yeah. enjoy the Instead, show. Instead, you could see the sort of puzzle element of how is he getting out of it and enjoy that process. I'm like, oh, their battery of their RV is dead and they're in the middle of the desert with no water. Like, yeah. what's going to happen? Okay, so now the spoiler part is over. We're not going to talk about Breaking Bad anymore. Okay, but listen, here's a question for you because you care deeply about spoilers. How long do you think the spoiler-free zone needs to be maintained for people like you? Because at a certain point, I'm like, right. okay, it's end of the affair book. You know, do I have to, like, not spoil that? Because right. that book came out decades ago, but it's new to you. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't go out of my way to spoil something, but I think at the beginning— People are careful. Yes. I would say, and my, my own thought would be for a TV show a week. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's, a, that's very, I feel like it's longer than that. I feel like. Oh, well, see, I would say TV a week because if it's a big right. thing, again, yeah. I feel like people should rush out and watch it. If you care. If it's a movie a month. Uh-huh. And if it's like a book, maybe six months. Okay. That's right. what I would say, because that's a reasonable amount of time right. that it takes. And again, I'm not talking about like somebody rushing up to you and being like, hey, no, ha, of course. ha, ha, ha. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, oh, we're sitting in a coffee shop and then it comes up and like, oh, that was bonkers when blah, 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 blah happened yeah. or something. Or you slip up. Okay. Yeah. Or you want to talk about it in the workplace or something like that. That's what I would say. Okay, well, that sounds very, that sounds very, like, a week, a month, six months. That sounds yes. very, I like, mean, official. If anyone's asking for my opinion. <laughs> 
Yes. You're going to be the spoiler, the spoiler yeah. expert. I'm the police. Yeah, the, the spoiler police. I mean, I do love a twist. I do love a twist, and I do love those kinds of twists, but I never tied it to my love of rewatching and rereading, and that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, know yourself. Okay, Gretch, what is our quotation this week? This comes from an essay by C.S. Lewis called On Three Ways of Writing for Children. He writes, When I was 10, I read fairy tales in secret and would have been ashamed if I had been found doing so. Now that I am 50, I read them openly. When I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness and the desire to be very grown up. Very fitting for you and your kidlet groups. Absolutely. So, Elizabeth, are you feeling more happier? Yes, I am feeling more happier. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and threads and TikTok at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And for everything related to this episode, links, photos, and more, go to HappierCast.com. Bye, Gretch. Bye, Elizabeth. The best time to start a happiness project is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Elizabeth, you want to know the most bonkers spoiler situation that I'm in? What? Okay, so Succession. Yes. We watched the, all the episodes up to the last episode, and then we were watching Breaking Bad, and we couldn't handle another one. Then we had to finish Better Call Saul, and then we started The Leftovers, and these are like stressful, intense shows, and so we still have not watched the final season of Succession, even though Jamie and I both love Succession, and... I really don't want it to be spoiled, though I kind of think that I know what the spoiler is. But I just, I don't know why we haven't watched it yet. Okay, Maybe you we're need saving to watch it. it immediately. I know, but we it's have to watch so it. so good. So, but here's the thing. Jamie will not watch more than like two, three mm. episodes at the most. And so he's so controlled about that. Mm. Whereas I, once I, I don't turn on the TV, but then once I turn it on, I don't want to turn it off. Yes, I could watch 10 episodes of something in a day if I have the time. I'm yeah. that person. Yeah. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. 
You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.